Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Livek Pone, joined for the very first time in the brand new studio, Ashley Titians. Yes, it's it's like really cool to be in here because I know last week, the, the first time we were doing this, I was remote in Orlando at the trials and it, it looked so cool. But now I'm like, whoa, like it's actually pretty cool in here. So. It's an awesome setup. Mm-hmm, like sure. I said, it's just like a three part setup in one. But I love the comfy chairs more space we were in a closet before it did what it it served its purpose (laughs) yeah um but i'm super excited that you're finally back and we're here to kick off another great episode of the flow track podcast on today's episode we're going to talk to a world record holder who will be joining us we're going to recap the u.s marathon trials that occurred in orlando which ashley had a chance to cover on the ground we're going to discuss our biggest takeaways from the new balance grand prix and of course the meet that I've been like waiting for for the last few weeks is the Milrose games. And we're going to be on the ground covering that too. So I feel like every show I say, it's a great show because there's so much that happens. So <laughs> let's dive into everything. But Ashley, once again, we have a very special guest joining us today. Yes, we do. Today we are joined by none other than Hobbs Kessler, who won the men's 1500 this weekend at the New Bounce Indoor Grand Prix, 333.66, a U.S. number three all-time mark indoors in this event. He's also, as you mentioned earlier, he's the Road Mile World Record holder after winning that event at the World Road Running Championships last year. And great news, he's going to be a headliner this weekend in the Wanamaker Mile at Midwest Games. Hobbs, thanks for joining us. We're super excited to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's just like start with like the immediate news. Obviously, a whole bunch of us watched you race at New Balance Indoor Grand Prix. You lined up against a loaded field in that 1500, you know, and you won that title in 333.66, one of the fastest ev- times ever recorded by American in that event indoors. Just, I'm just curious, like, you know, how did you approach this race and what was going through your mind and how did that play out for you? Um. Well, one of the big things is I need an Olympic standard, so I was really hoping to get that, which I actually didn't end up getting, but um, training was going really well, and uh, I wanted to kind of show that off. I, uh, you never really know what you're going to get um, based on training alone, so I'm just happy to have a good result to indicate to myself that I'm fit. Yeah, I think that was excellent. You had a very loaded field, too, so I bet how much did that kind of boost your confidence just knowing you had a big win against a really strong field as well? Yeah, it feels good to win. Um, <laughs> that's for sure. I uh, I, I really kind of set out the goal um, to try to win more of these races um, and not just kind of be a contender. So uh, whether I win or, or go down swinging, um, it, it's all like, I feel like working towards that goal of just trying to be a little more dominant um, domestically and, and learning to win races. Yeah. And like, I think another thing too, is I was watching that race and I'm obviously you were racing at someone like Jake Whiteman, who's obviously a world champion in that event outdoors. And 
from the way I saw it, like you just, I mean, you led for, you were behind that pace for the entire time. And then by the end, I mean, you were putting a gap on him. Have you been working on some of that closing speed and just to be able to take, you know, take down a competitor like that, that's obviously been, you know, on that world stage, you know, what was, you know, kind of your reaction to that as well? Um, yeah, I mean, to, to be a guy of Jake's caliber is, um, is definitely a big deal for me because I haven't, um, I haven't really so far in my career I haven't been competitive with that level of people yet. So that, that felt really good. Um, I, ha I have been working on the, the closing speed, um, doing a few different things to address it um, and, and just making some adjustments in training. I mean, really aerobic strength is, is the biggest um, factor that goes into being able to kick. Cause I mean, every good miler can probably run a 36 second, 300, but um, doing doing it running a, a 40 second or a 41 second 300 tired is a is what wins races so um feeling fresh um later in the race uh was was felt really good i was glad i had that kick and uh, i'm glad some of that training has been paying off with all that being said training focusing on the kick you take down jake whiteman like i feel like that kind of boosts your confidence i feel like it would boost my confidence just going in for the remainder of the season where do you think you're – how do you feel like you're doing right now currently with just putting all the performances together, kind of getting the rust off, really focusing on this Olympic year? Do you feel like things are going as planned with where you are right now? Yeah, things have, like, gone remarkably smooth. Um, it, it feels like so far in my career, like, I've had, like, everything planned out in a certain way I want it to go and. um whether you just don't respond to the training or you get sick or you get hurt or whatever it may be, um, things like haven't gone smooth in the past. So for us to like lay everything out and everything go pretty much according to plan, obviously there's some adjustments and hiccups in there, but um, overall pretty smooth. It, it feels great. Um, and that really gives me confidence yeah. uh, for the, the rest of the year. Yeah, and I know, too, you were mentioning to us before, you know, we went live on this call. Like, you just spent, like, a month, I believe, in Flagstaff training up there as well at altitude. So what was that, you know, how do you think some of that training and getting in that altitude training is going to help you for the rest of indoor? Because obviously you have some big goals for indoor, but then into outdoor as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I've spent a lot of time there the last, um, really since I've been a pro, I've spent about half my time in Flagstaff. Part of that's altitude. Part of that's just, I just like living there and I like my life there, so... <laughs> Um, a little bit of both, but kind of the more times I go up, um, and the older I get, the more I figure out about how to kind of optimize it, um, and optimize my training while I'm up there and, um, really try to get the most out of it. Um, so I don't know. I, I hope to keep learning, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Just embracing all the moments and just falling in love with the process and also with Flagstaff. I think that's great. So I want to take us back four months ago, Hobbs. That's when you broke the world record in the road mile. I have to know the thought process behind this. Were you kind of striving for that? Or do you feel like everything just came together at the right moment? The training has been on point and boom, here, here you go. You got the world record. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone kind of knew like whoever won that race was going to end up with the world record just because it was, it was a brand new mm -hmm. um, record. Like, yeah. Um, so it was pretty underdeveloped and I, I still think it's pretty underdeveloped. Um, like I, I think, I think it can really be pushed a lot, a lot faster. That being said, it felt great to win like a, a world championship and, um, it has been fun being the record holder. I'm, I'm not super attached to it again. I, I, I think it's like more circumstance rather than like the, the time itself. Mm -hmm. Um, like the, the course they had set up and, and um in Lafayette and all that like i don't i i think you could do it a lot better as far as trying to maximize um a road course mm -hmm. and just some other factors that you get rabbits in there and stuff to really pull it along so i it, it's been fun but um i'm not attached to it i'm, I'm <laughs> i won't be too bummed to see it go I, I hope i can get it back and if i could push it under 350 at some point in my career that'd be that'd be pretty cool but um for, for the moment i'm just happy to be the world <laughs> champ in the, in the event yeah yeah, I mean, sure, like you're you're already a world champion. And I feel like, too, like it feels like you've been on this scene for so long. But also when you look at like the numbers, like you really haven't been on that pro scene for too terribly long. I mean, shoot, it wasn't that you know long ago that you were in high school, obviously racing against pros and stuff. But I mean, 
I'm just kind of curious, like what has that transition and experience been like for you over the past couple of years, just trying to get those reps in and being, you know, training as a pro and all that. And how do you think you've learned a lot from that, you know, going forward with your pro career? Yeah. I mean, when I initially signed, like you, you're, um, on top of the world, like you, you feel like you're invincible and you're just going to like keep getting better and better. And, um, I will say everything was a lot like harder and like sloppier and took longer. Um, that, that like, as far as like just adjusting my new life than, than I thought it was going to be in it and just like fitness wise and like just nothing went as smooth as I thought it would. And I guess that was a good life lesson. I, I feel like I'm starting to come out the other side now. Um, kind of take, taking my hits, but, uh, yeah, um, it, it, it's been, it's been fun. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've learned a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm really thinking I'm starting to figure out how to, uh, how to get like consistently good at running, mm -hmm. um, and consistently competitive. I have a follow-up to your remarks there. And I feel like we've seen a couple of high school kids go pro, like as soon as they graduate, they go, some of them go collegiate for a couple of years and they go pro. How difficult was it for you to kind of make that adjustment from going to the high school level? And of course you made your verbal commitment at the time. And then all of a sudden you went pro. How difficult was it for you to just adjust to that new training style? And of course you mentioned you got hit, but now we're trying, we're seeing you kind of blossom into the Hobbs Kessler that we're like, okay, this looks like the Hobbs Kessler that we're used to seeing. So just how challenging was that for you? If you don't mind speaking on that. Yeah. I mean, it, it was hard. Like, and I'm sure it's hard for people in the NCAA system. Um, I think very few people who have a, a breakout year um, followed up the next year with this, with the same improvement or even like, or even the same level. Like it, it, it's so hard to follow up a breakout um, no matter, no matter where you're at. And uh, in the NCAA, like there's a, every like a coach take care of everything for you. Um, like physios planned out lift. Like you don't really have to do much, like travel, everything. Um, you're with like people your age um, and like maybe more appropriate competition for your, um, your fitness and ability level. So it, it, it I don't know. It, it was hard. Cause I, all of a sudden um, I went from being a high schooler to being up against people that were like, this was their life. Like yeah. this is how they support their family. Um, and really like hardworking, talented, smart athletes. And uh, I just wasn't quite ready yet. It, it's taken a few years, but I, I think I'm getting there now. Um, but again, I, who, if I went to NAU, I could have had the same um, transition. Again, it's hard to follow up those, those big breakout years. Um, and I, I, maybe I think if I were to do it again, like I would just have to go in understanding, like it's going to be hard and things aren't always going to go my way. And it's just like, be patient. It'll come out the other end. Um, and just try not to make the same mistakes twice. Well, obviously that patience has paid off because here we are sitting here <laughs> talking with you about New Balance Grand Prix. And now you're going to be contesting at Milrose Games this weekend in the Watermaker Mile. And as we've all seen, like that's going to be a loaded race. You're going to have people like Yard and Goose in that race and potentially trying to chase after new American record, new world record. Who knows? So I'm just curious for you, like what's your plan of attack for this race up, up, upcoming this weekend? Yeah, I mean, like I said, like I don't want to be a like another person on the starting line. Like I want to be a contender for the um for the win. So however the race plays out, um I want to be there like gritting my teeth with 50 meters to go trying <laughs> to win the thing. So um we'll see. Again, everyone has their race plan. The races rarely play out how you think they are, so However it goes, I'm, I'm ready for it. Uh, I'm excited, and I got a lot of confidence coming off this last weekend. Hobbs, are we going for a world record? I just need to know. Yes or no? <laughs> no I'll, I'll, I'll go along for the ride if, if Yard's going for it. But, um, I think he's, uh, he's got control of the Pacers. <laughs> okay, my next question to you is, hypothetically, let's just say this world record does go down. What do you think it's going to take? Like, how much... I know there's going to be a lot of energy. The crowd is definitely going to be involved, but how fast do you think this mile could potentially go this weekend? Uh, I, I really like, I don't know if I can speak to it. Um, I mean, George Mills is in the race. He just broke 13 um, on the 5k and he, he's, he wasn't like 
never known as being particularly aerobically strong. So he's he's been working really hard and has shown really good fitness. Yard is always seems to be in great shape. Um, I, I think probably the fitness and the talent is there. Um, a lot of other things they have the good rabbits, good energy, and just like little details in the race have to work out. We'll, we'll see. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if someone managed to break it, but also. I don't know. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I think it'll be a good race no matter what, though. And I, 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 I hope it's not defined by just the world record. You know, I hope it's yeah. like a good, fun, entertaining, scrappy race. Well, I know we're going to be excited to see that race in person. So super excited for that. But, you know, looking beyond Melrose, too, um, you know, what is your goals for the remainder of the indoor season? I know we heard you're eyeing that, you know, you want to make that world indoor team, I believe. So talk to me a little bit about what the thought process is going for, you know, the next weeks of indoor. Yeah. I mean, like, kind of looking back um, when we were planning out this indoor season, I, uh, I'm kind of viewing it as, as, as mental training, tactics training, um, whatever you want to call it, for the Olympic trials and hopefully the Olympics and all the other races I'll uh, experience this summer. So um, most of the training is training your conditioning and fitness, but I want to be putting myself in these stressful situations like where I'm like question like why am I doing this before the race and then then and then like get through it and and learn I can kind of handle it um because racing is going to be hard and stressful and you're going to be nervous in the hotel room all day before and so I really want to train that because it's um that's something I'm going to experience and there's no way around it so I can just kind of build my mental um resilience with being able to handle that um and then just racing tactics racing instincts um and just getting comfortable with the whole process so i think the better i can get at that whole thing the better shot i have at making the olympic team and doing well at the olympics if i make it so um the u.s championships is next and i think that'll be a great opportunity to kind of like learn um learn some more tactics um do some things right probably do some things wrong but really hope I have a good shot at the team and um, can go to Glasgow and get some more international experience. Mm -hmm. I love that. So how important is it for you to kind of just like take that next step in making this world indoor team, just like you said, making this Olympic team, that's the big goal that everyone is talking about. So just how are that, how has this kind of been a stepping stone in the right direction for you as we approach the Olympics too? Yeah. I mean, like the, the fitness is there um, now, now it's just all about the racing. So, um, everything's kind of set in motion. If, if I can do it, I'd be stoked. Great momentum heading into the spring. Um, but it is just that it's just a stepping stone, but I'm, I'm really learning, viewing this as a, um, just practice and learning and, and all that. Wow. What do you call it? All that nonsense. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hops, before we let you go, we have a very tough question to ask you before you leave. We ask a variation of this question to all of our guests before they leave on the podcast. And I'm going to tweak it a little bit for you. Do you prefer running on the track or running on the roads? Cause obviously you've done both and why like, like racing. Yeah. Racing, racing. I mean, I've done a lot of racing. I'm a little over it at the moment. I think I probably did like five or six road miles last year. So <laughs> I'm going to go track because okay. these road miles, but, um, I do love a road mile and I'm, I'm really happy that it's becoming more and more of an event. I love that Hobbs before we let you go, actually, because I'm reading the chat right now and people are like cheering for you, but someone actually made a comment about you climbing and they wanted to, they were like, I don't think people know that you used to be a nationally ranked youth climber. How was that? What was that experience like? And do you still have a chance to, to do that too? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that is like most of my athletic background is climbing. Yeah. Um, I still try to do as much as possible. I uh, In October, I kind of had the goal for myself. I, I broke four minutes on October 1st, and my kind of goal, I was like, I want to climb 514 by the end of the by the end of the month of October, like do it in the same, same month. And uh, I was really confident I could do it. And then uh, I spent uh, probably 10, 12 days outside climbing wow. um, try, trying to do it, and I – had no idea how to shape out of climbing shape I was and got nowhere close. <laughs> I wasn't super confident, but, um, yeah, I mean, I hope I have a lot, a lot of good days outside climbing in my future. Um, uh, luckily the rocks aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So. <laughs>
That is for sure. That is awesome. That's Fun cool. Fact. I don't think I could do that. Climbing, absolutely not. No. No way. I don't have that upper body That's strength. That's a lot of upper body strength. <laughs> and I feel like it's also grip strength too. Yeah. And I don't mm -hmm. know, I don't know if my hands can. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hobbs, thank you so much for your time today. And like the chat has said, they're rooting for you just like we're rooting for you as well. <laughs> so can't wait to see you this weekend at Milrose in New York City and safe travels to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. All we have right, a climber cheers. on our hands. That's awesome. So yes. great things from Hobbs Kessler. We're super excited to see what he does. And of course, just a lot of great things that happen. But of course, we have to dive into the U.S. Marathon Trials, Ashley, because it was like the highlight yeah. of the weekend. And I just want to know, we haven't really had a chance to like you and I personally just yeah. talk about what all the stories, all the fun things. So I'm going to open up the floor to you about Orlando. And I, I saw a lot of people were dropping out. I know our other producer, Amanda, we were texting back and forth and like people were dropping like flies. But from your perspective, just how did the race races go as a whole? I mean, honestly, I feel like in Orlando, there were some things that played out as expected and then other things that were like so you could have never guessed that happening in like any any day of the week right so let's let's start i guess with the men's race there i feel like so going in obviously the storyline was like all right connor and clayton young they have you know they have the standard here they if they just get those top two spots they're going to paris it's all they really need to do and that's exactly what they did right you know they go in and they get that done and it was pretty you know, they were kind of, it was like one of those races where at that, at the end, like Clayton was joking. He's like, Oh, I let Connor win and just like, <laughs> let him go ahead. Even though I felt better, which was interesting. But, uh, so that you know, that, that played out as expected. What didn't play out as expected was the fact that you have Zach Panning of all people going out and leading the majority of that race and doing all the grunt work and making it a decently quick marathon. And then you have Lenny career coming up. I believe he was six with two miles to go and he ends up finishing third and puts on a huge surge at the end. So that's kind of where I feel like on the men's side, it got a little interesting and there's a little bit of drama in that. Yeah. Um, I, I know you were probably watching at home. What were your thoughts from watching it at home? There was a lot of drama, <laughs> a lot of drama. <laughs> like you said. Um, but I think it was just like we talked about, we knew last, last show, that we didn't know, I personally didn't know how this was going to unfold because the only two people that have hit the standard are Connor Mance and Clayton Young. And it was just like, for them, they just needed to finish. It was just like, show up, run the race, finish. They just had to get top two basically to get, to get those unlocked spots that they right, unlocked. Exactly. Because yeah. mm -hmm. they went 209, 05, 209, 06, go 1-2. So it kind of opened up that opportunity. Like, it, the people just had to run fast and so it was like i didn't know how the pace was going to be just because it was so hot wasn't it like 60 when the race started yeah it was interesting so like it definitely i mean when it started i think the high was in the 60s the humidity wasn't like bad but then i'll tell you when i was out there then the last probably like 30 minutes of both races like i was standing out by the finish ready to take photos like i was sweating yeah sweating like the sun was beating down it definitely got really warm the conditions like those wouldn't be necessarily favorable conditions for a marathon on any given day. And so I think to see how the race has played out, especially, um, I know we'll talk about the women's side in a minute, but to see how fast that race went for the women, like that was interesting. And then, um, again, for the men, like I, I, again, I said this earlier, like the key to this race and to see them go like decently quick, it was Zach panning. Cause he was the one that said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go out there and lead this race. And he, he just pulled Connor and Clayton along for such a long time. And even they acknowledged it in the press conference afterwards. They're like, that race would not have been like that if it wasn't for Zach Panning being really gutsy and putting, you know, everything he had into that race and trying to make it a fast one. And unfortunately, Panning would end up kind of fading there at the end and getting six. But like, if not for that move and like him leading for the majority of the way, like we would not have seen that race play out that way. I don't think. I applaud the gutsy racing. Yes. I really do. And I know. I'm the outside looking in because I'm not trying to qualify for the Olympics right now. <laughs> but I just I feel like whenever someone takes a risk like that, I have to applaud you because yeah. you just did something outside your comfort zone. You just learned from that experience. I want to talk about Leonard real quick, just because 
just because you finish top three does not mean you make it to the Olympics. And especially right now, because he doesn't have the automatic qualifying standard time of 208.10. So in order for him to make it, he has to make sure he has enough points in the world rankings from World Athletics by May 5th or get the third spot by becoming and unlocking the U.S. men's top five finish at any of the remaining platinum level marathons with the so, during that qualification And it's interesting, window. though, because as long as any American does hits that time and unlocks it, he goes. Yeah. Because the USATF has said they're going to honor the order of the trials. So it doesn't matter if, you know, say some someone goes out to – to Boston, this is a crazy example, but like, say you go out to Boston and you're going to run 208.10 or whatever, and it unlocks, then it's career that's going to go to the Olympics. You know, that's kind of how it is. And so um, it's definitely interesting, but I know I like it's just more stressful now. Like <laughs> it is just complicated. Huh, I'm, I'm just like thinking I just ran at trials and then it like, obviously there's I mean, that third spot for grabs. Anybody behind you could potentially go. Well, no, no. I mean? Career's going. Like, there's, okay. he's, they, again, they, he, he got that third spot. USATF yeah. has said he's going to get it. It doesn't matter if and someone I have else to do gets it again. standard. No, so, and that's what I was trying to say is it, yeah. he doesn't have to do it again. Uh -huh. Any American can go run, run that standard, and then he's going to get in. He doesn't have to necessarily oh, run again. So now there's just pressure. Oh, it's, it's just, just like yes. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> if he wants to get more, you know, points in the rankings, it'd be interesting. And, it, yeah, we'll just have to see. Realistically, there probably is still a decent chance he's going to be making this team, but we'll just have to figure, you know, see what happens and plays out over the next few months. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I also want to talk about the there's a sub like storyline with Connor Mance and Clayton Young. There's a hats thing going around. Oh yeah, yeah. So I've read a little bit that they were both wearing hats. I think I read that right. And they put ice in it to kind of cool themselves down. But yeah. throughout the race, they kind of threw it. Like, I think, wasn't there a certain mile mark? So, like, first half of that race? So, here's here's kind of the story, right? Yeah. So, me and Corey Mull, who was there with me covering the marathon, we were sitting there in the media tent. And we saw them, you know, Connor Mans and Clayton Young lining up in the start line. And the thing I've noticed, because I've... I saw them race in Chicago. I've seen them race before. They're typically not ones that wear hats when they race. And so... Mm -hmm. Uh, on the starting line, I noticed they were both wearing hats. And I, I think I mentioned something to Corey. I was like, oh, like, you know, I've never seen them wear a hat in a race before. And so after the marathon, Corey had a chance to speak to both of them and kind of ask them about it. Connor, they basically said, yeah, like exactly what you said. These hats were basically, um, basically like ice hats in a way. So like you could like, like a cooling hats to keep you cool, keep your head cool. And Connor ended up ditching his like two miles in or something. Cause he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to mess with this anymore. But Clayton had an interesting so, strategy so basically i think it, it was at like certain water stations so you would have a water bottle that wasn't filled with water but it was stuffed with a new ice hat um so it was like these stainless steel water bottles and he put a hat in there and afterwards he told Corey, he was like you know because he was you know ditching hats and grabbing new ones he's like hey if anyone grabs one of my hats like i signed most of them i think except for one of them and if you if anyone found one of my hats and has it like reach out to me and the cool thing is is we heard that um, Brody Ansbaugh, um, he was volunteering at the race and he, you know, happened to be at one of those water stations and grab one of those hats. And, um, he ended up getting to meet Clayton Young the next day where he was speaking at a church the day after the marathon in Orlando and got to meet him in person and get it signed. And, that is you know, so awesome. honestly, just such a cool story. So I'm glad we were able to report that good reporting by Corey Mull. Yeah. Great <laughs> reporting there. That is really awesome. And I don't think we hear that often, even in the sports, like in sports in general, Yeah, yeah. you know, and I think it's just so interesting and I'm just like looking forward to uh, other opportunities like that. Let's talk about this woman's race too. Cause I feel like there was just a lot, a lot that happened. A lot of people dropped out leading into it. Um, Molly Seidel is one of them that comes into mind. And so I just didn't know what to expect, but from your perspective, how did this race unfold as you're watching it on the ground? You know, and I, I kind of alluded to this earlier, like there were, things in the marathon on both sides that played out how we expected, like Connor Mans and Clayton Young getting yes. their spots. But then yeah. I feel like looking at it, there are so many more questions with the men's race rather than the women's. Like, I feel like the women's had some more heavy hitters that we figured would make this team. And then the complete opposite of what we all expected happened. And we have Fiona O'Keefe winning this trials in her marathon debut. And she sets a new U S Olympic marathon trials record um, just, just wow. And then Emily Sisson, the, the American record holder in the marathon, she takes second. And then Dakota Lindworm sneaks in yes. there for third. So again, like, I don't think anyone expected 
this to be the three that was going to the Olympics. Right. You know, like I, I obviously I think Emily Sisson, we can all agree, was like the favorite. To I think make I the had team. yeah, I think I had her in my top three. Yes, Emily Sisson about like, last week. I think most people figured she would probably try, you know, would probably win this race. Right. Um but I mean there are plenty of other, you know, big hitters too, like Kira D'Amato, you know, who's been around for so many years and been consistently running well and has been in a you know a former American record holder as well. You had other people like Sarah Hall who's been a veteran yeah. at the marathon distance for quite some time. And so again there are a lot of heavy hitters. You had Betsy Sena as well who's just who's now competing for yeah. the US and I believe she had ran um two twenty two nineteen before and so yeah, I did not expect this at all. I I can't emphasize enough. It. Like, I'm sure. Obviously, I've ran a marathon, but like not like obviously to the level of these people. But I feel like to win a race like that in your debut is just crazy, phenomenal, and unheard of. They they ran quickly too, considering the conditions. Yeah, I want to just stay on Dakota really quick because I think her story is really unique, and mm -hmm. I know we had a chance to talk about it yesterday. I, I feel like for everyone that watches track and field, I feel like it does not matter what your high school PRs are or what you do at the collegiate level. I think for Dakota, she just comes across as an individual who is someone that people can look up to as like someone who's persevering, hardworking, determination, and go after your dreams. Yeah. I don't care how fast or how slow you are, stay the course. And just when you saw her cross that finish line, can you describe what that felt like from your perspective yeah. of just like probably so much emotion that she did something like this? Yeah. You know, I was, I was back there in the, the photographer section taking photos at the finish and, you know, obviously you saw Fiona come across the finish and win and then Emily came across and then all of a sudden you just see someone like you see some, a figure coming and she's just got her hands up in the air and you could just tell just shock like pure shock and that was Dakota Lindworm and she finished third and you know it's it's like in those moments we're seeing that sort of emotions just like it just kind of hits you you know like just yeah. how powerful these moments are for these athletes to reach those dreams um you know I if you're looking at this like let's be real I don't think most people were you know looking at Dakota Lindworm's name and seeing like hey, she's definitely going to make this team. Right. Um, but she put herself in a great position. She even took the lead at points in the race because there was a big pack of women there for a good majority until probably about, you know, mile 20 or so. Um, you know, she tried to get in the lead a couple times and then kind of sat back and then worked her way up again. And she was able to take third. And you could just tell, like, the, it, the moment just meant so much to her. And it yeah. was a dream come true. I love that. Great stories. Mm -hmm. So great storylines. Yes. Across the board. Yes. How do we rate our Orlando? How do we rate Orlando? Are yeah. we rating the city or? Let's do the city and vibes. You know I'm all about the vibes. City. How was the city? You were there for a hot minute. You were there for almost a week. I was there for almost a week. I will say, like, the actual trials energy, and a, a lot of the athletes said this afterwards as well, like, people showed out for that race and were cheering. Like, there weren't a whole lot of quiet spots, they were saying, which, which is helpful. I mean, it was a looped course, so it makes it a little bit easier to get the crowds going and, like, get more of a crowd rather than it being, like, a point-to-point -point or something like that. But mm. the, the vibes, at least for the trials, were good. Orlando, I mean, I wasn't at Disney or any of the parks, so, like, didn't get to experience that. But, like, you know what? I feel like considering all the drama... <laughs> surrounding the Orlando trials and yeah. you know the start time and the weather and all this stuff like I feel like this was a really good trials how was it for you to train out there because everyone knows you're running for this marathon I don't know if everyone knows that I'm running a marathon well, we talked about it so I feel like everyone knows <laughs> but I, how was it training for like how early did you feel like you had to get up and well, I mean, like, the good thing is, is like the temperature, like in the morning, like wasn't super, it wasn't super hot. It was like forties, fifties, but yeah. definitely more humid than, uh, Austin, Texas. I wow. can tell you that. Like you could feel it in the air, just like the, Ugh, the saturation. Sounds muggy. It was muggy at times. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well, yeah. Orlando in the books, what a great competitive meet for the USA marathon trials, but that was not all that took place. We had oh. another. Another big matchup. We, we talked about this a couple weeks ago once we found out that Noah Lyles and Fred Curley were going to face each other. So we're about to share our New Bounce Grand Prix matchup takeaways because, yes, sweetheart, there were a lot <laughs> of there were a lot of matchups that I yeah. felt like from that meet, I learned so much about individuals. <laughs> and I feel like we just need to first start off with Noah and Fred because this was Fred's debut in the event yes yes the 60 meters but i'm like 
Fred runs the 100, 200. So for me, I'm like, okay, you're just running a shorter race. But Noah Lyles, this guy here, I, I, I'm just like, I don't, I'm not saying I'm in shock, but like, I feel like I'm kind of scared of Noah right now and yeah. what he's capable of doing. Cause there's fire emojis everywhere right now. <laughs> and once the trials happen, we're going to see something special. As long as he continues to progress the way he's progressing. It, again, the start was not the best. It was better than what it was in the previous race. Yeah. But Ashley, that top end speed was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, shoot, we all, we, we saw him. If you were watching the Grand Prix, yeah. he, he goes 644 world lead personal best meet record to win the 60 at new balance. And like you said, like if you're watching that race, like again, like he didn't get out of the blocks very well. Again, no. that's still, but like, despite that, he still managed to hit that top end speed like this. And then, I mean, bam, he barely beat Akeem Blake there at the finish. And so it's like one of those things where seeing that part is scary. If he just fixes that start, which I know he said on the broadcast later, he's, he's working on that start because everyone keeps telling him to work on his start. But I have a thought, but I'm going to save it for later. Remind me. You have a thought. Well, don't, you're not going to know. I'm going to have to make a note of it as we go because I have a huge, huge thought. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about then Fred Curley, though. Yes, let's talk second. about Fred. You know, I will say, like, I was, so there were two semifinal rounds, and he won. He looked pretty good in his semi semifinal. Like, he won his heat. Um, and, I mean, shoot, he went 655 in his first ever, like, 60-meter final indoors. Like, for someone that's never done that before, I do feel like that's a pretty – like, that's a solid mark, you know? Like, he's, he's, he's running against someone like freaking Noah Lyles. He's going to go 644. Um, like, that was pretty good. But I'm, I'm just curious, like, now where does he go from here? Yeah. Makes me question, and again, it's still so early. Anything can happen between now and June, this summer, right? But the way how things are looking, I see Noah claiming the USA title as oh, of yeah. right now. Absolutely. In this hundred. Absolutely. I feel like there's still time to change things. And like Fred isn't far off. Like 655, you know, solid. However, there just needs to be I just feel like that his start, something is off. Like he's not. It's just the reaction aggressive. time. It's the reaction time. And then, yeah, like aggressiveness getting out of but the blocks. Even like yeah. when I watched the race back and I just mm -hmm. saw the finish, it almost looked like, I don't want to say gave up, but it was almost like, eh, okay. I'm not going to catch Noah Lyles. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. Let me just get to the finish line type yeah. thing. Yeah. So I feel like Fred has the potential of going a lot faster. I agree. Than what he's showcasing us at yeah. this moment. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on the men's 60? Those were my thoughts. I mean, well, I mean, I, I will say, like, for Noah Lyles to go from his only other 60 meter this indoor season, it was his opener, which he ran that in Gainesville. I believe he ran 663, which, let's be honest, like, I wasn't super impressed with the 663. But now to go all the way to 644, and it's only February, I do feel like that's a good starting point for Noah. And, yeah. again, just clean up some things, and I feel like it's going to be hard to beat him. Yeah. All right. I want to move on to the 3K, if you don't mind. Sure, yes. Because I watched that. Yeah. And I was just so impressed by El St. Pierre and yes, Jessica yes, Hall. Yes. I've had the pleasure of watching Jessica when she was running um, at Oregon. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to call her ESP because that's what the broadcast was calling <laughs> El St. Pierre. I'm like, ESP, I kind of like that. Yeah. But ESP, ESP is just in, an incredible person. I... I took so much from her race, just knowing like she took a pause on her career to start her family. And here she is coming back and running the number two all time in American history is amazing. And the fact that I think I was even take away the time, the way how ESP ran that race was amazing yep. because Jessica was adding pressure. There were multiple, like at least two times where Jessica was, challenging yep. ESP. Like, she got on the shoulder. There was some contact. There was some contact there. I was like, ESP is holding <laughs> her ground, you know? But, yeah. like, the last 800 meters, I'm just, like, sitting at the edge of my chair, and the moves were made, and it was not until they came off that last turn that Jessica just, like, went sprinting for it. And she set a national Australian record there with an A2493, and then ESP went number two all-time, as I mentioned, A2525. To put this in perspective of how close she was to breaking that American record, Alicia 
Tina Monson won A2505 yep. last year. This close. This close. And I think the scary thing is, I mean, that was her indoor debut. I right. Think. And also, like, you know, she just she just had a, like she had a child. Like, you know, she had a, she's coming you know into this after you know going through this just huge life moment. You know, and like she's a badass mom. I'm gonna she say that is. right now. You know, and I think this is scary for I think scary for american distance running that like this is like she she's in the mix she ran number two all time like, like on that like come come summer who come summer that, i'll that, have a front row seat that 1500 or 5k could be real real spicy and we could see something i think really quick really, really esp quick. is the real deal yep. if she wasn't in your thought of someone that could potentially make this usa team she needs to be she needs to be at the top of your list now. At top of your list in conversation because the race and how it played out and how she responded, she was so poised, in control. There wasn't even one moment where I felt like she lost her stride pattern or, like, lost her form at any time. Like, she was on it. Yep. And it's February. Yep. So Scary. give her a couple more months of training, more competition. ESP is my girl she has <laughs> my vote girl she has my vote my final race that i would love to break down just kind of get your thoughts yeah. you know i'm a huge grant holloway fan <laughs> huge fan of grant 60 meter hurdles he's the goat 735 for a world lead meet record he ran his fastest opener ever mm -hmm. and the fact that he went 729 to break the world record just a few years ago could we potentially see grant do something even more extraordinary than 729. I mean, I think we could, based on what I saw this weekend. Like, he just, well, we know. I feel like it's a pretty well-known fact that, like, Grant Hallway loves indoor. Like, he loves That indoor. man loves the because indoor season, world indoor championships. The man is going to be there. Because sometimes, like, I feel like, you know, not every pro does indoor. Like, sometimes it's just not a priority for them. And But he's like, no, I'm going to run this indoor circuit. I'm going to run indoor worlds. They even mentioned on the broadcast, I believe, that, he hasn't lost an indoor hurdles race since he was in high school. So the streak goes back like 60 something races or oh something ridiculous Can like you that. Imagine that. So no wonder he likes indoor cause he's never freaking lost. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm sitting here thinking who would be the person that would take him down. I don't know. He's just so dominant in the 60 meter hurdles hurdles in general, he but can get over those hurdles quick and reach that top end speed. And there's just like, no one, no one's going to hit him. He's not making mistakes. No one can catch him. So I, again, really impressed by this. Again, the GOAT for the 60-meter hurdles indoors. Really excited to see what he's going to be doing for the rest of the season because we know USA's World Indoors is on his mind. Literally. That's where <laughs> that's where he's going. Yep. Wow. Are there any other races you want to break down from New Balance that maybe I haven't mentioned that you would love to tap into? Oh, gosh. Now I'm trying to think back. It was a, it was a wild weekend of so many races that jumbled in my head. But yeah. I, to be honest, those are the ones that really stood okay, out Okay, awesome. Because I was like. obviously, we already mentioned Hobbs, Hobbs Kessler's Hobbs, 1500. Yes. So, Perfect. Yep, we're Awesome. Good. Okay, we tackled that. Let's, I like our little segment here. I call it our favorite moments from the weekend because it's kind of like just spitfire. Like, yeah, here's what happened. Great things. My top two things, because you texted me about this, and I had to dive into the race video to find it, but it did happen. Yes. Julian Alfred, 22-16, World Lead 200. This woman has not. She's not playing. She's not playing. She has not skipped no. a beat whatsoever. And she also, I believe I saw, ran, I think, 704 in the 60 there as well. So she's in form. She's in shape. She's going to be running the 62 at Milrose this upcoming weekend, and I, I know she's really looking forward to that one. I really applaud her because I know how challenging it could be for a lot of athletes to go from that collegiate yep. system mm -hmm. to now running professionally. I don't even know what to say about 2216. <laughs> I'm just like, holy cow. She, yeah. I feel, I don't even feel like she even had an off season, like where she didn't do anything. I feel like she just won the Bowerman and like just <laughs> did her thing yeah. and did skip a beat. 22-16, Iwa Sabota, um, if you know me, huge fan of her from Poland, 7-0-1 in the 60. Yes. World lead. World lead. Moving. Yep. On moving the World Indoor Tour, that was really, again, that's that's moving and we're, it's only February, so we're going to see those world lead times get into the sub-seven soon, I think. Yes. Oh, how soon though? 
Soon. And I also feel like it's an Olympic year, so it's like so everything gets like the pace gets quicker. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I feel like within the next couple of weeks, I mean, obviously we're gonna have stuff like Milrose and then USA's and Worlds. Like if it's if it doesn't happen then, like who do what? you think will be the first one to go under seven? Oh, that's a tough question. The way Eva Sabota is I was going to say, right I feel now, like she's like the easy answer to, to put out there. You think it's easy? Well, mm, for her. I mean, she went 701, so I feel like it's Yeah, just, but like I also can see Julian Alfred. Yeah, true. It, they're both very powerful runners, like powerful sprinters, yes. which I think serves them really well at the 60. We also have seen like, you know, ladies too, like Aaliyah Hobbs. Uh, yes, yes. Kai Briscoe. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'll say Alfred. I'll say Alfred. Okay, here's my thing. Julian Alfred has top-end speed. She mm -hmm. is powerful. Yeah. She can also run at 200 meters. I feel like Iwa Sabota, no shots taken at her, but she is – Better for the short She step. is a short mm -hmm. sprinter. Like, 100 meters, That that is yeah. the event for her. So she has to have that explosion. She's like a Christian Coleman to me. Yeah. That rocket okay. start. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go with – Iwa Sabota. And I feel like she's been knocking at the six. She's been running a few. She has a few races underneath her belt this year. Yes. So if I was to make a bet, then. Okay. That's fair. There we go. We'll see how this plays out. All right. Mets. World lead in that area. We've had three different world leaders come out of there. Femkable. Just. Wow. I don't know if you had a chance to watch oh, that race. Oh, gosh. She was by herself and just went 49-69 casual. It looked like. In her opener, it, yeah. It looked like she was at practice. Scary. To be very honest so with scary. you. scary. You know, Bowles always won. She she actually, like, loves running the indoor season, I believe. So she's going to keep doing this and keep running, I believe. And, gosh, it makes it then really scary. It's like, all right, then when we get to outdoors and we're putting hurdles in front of her and you just, you know, add that into the mix, like how fast she's going to go. So it's so scary. She, she's I'm actually legit. scared. She's legit. Mm -hmm. I'm actually scared. Yeah. It, it's 49, 69 season opener. Looked like it was a, to me, looked like a jog. Yep. No competition. I'm excited to see what she does for the rest of the season. Goodness gracious. All right. Hello, Maya Nikaye outkick Gemma Riki in the 800 with a 159.15. Great closing speed there. And then Hurrit Mishesh runs an 8.20, in the 3K. And then at the NCAA level, at the Mayo Invitational, you had uh, Olivia Markovich run a mile lead timing and one of the top marks in collegiate history there. I forgot to write down her mile time. but it 427. Was Thank you. 420. Okay. I, I knew it was 420-something. 427. So those were some of the highlights I saw. And, of course, USA Marathon trials were going on just – it was, very, it was a very busy weekend. Very busy weekend. We're trying to keep up with it and making sure people are informed. <laughs> yes. All right. Our final meet of discussion. The meet where we're going to. Yes. We fly out tomorrow morning, heading to the Big Apple, the Milrose Games. So many well-known athletes are going to be running there. We're going to see some great matchups. So, Ashley, let's start off with our favorite Athletes, maybe not necessarily top matchups, but maybe we have some of those big names that were like, okay, you have my attention. I'm yeah. going to be plugged into this event. Who are some of those individuals that you are going to make sure you don't miss? Well, I'm looking down at this list and I'm realizing I like only wrote down distance athletes. Did I write down sprinters? Ah, I, got yeah, a ah, ah. I guess that's just where my mind goes <laughs> half the time. But one, I'm Yard Goose. Like I know we talked about this earlier with Hobbs Kessler, but he's going to be that headliner here in the Wanamaker Mile for the yeah. men at Milrose. We saw what he did last year. We saw him come. Yeah, I mean, he's so close to that world record. He's gone 347.3, I believe. Um, that's the American record for the, the indoor mile. I'm just really curious to see what his mile speed is like right now because we have seen him run a 5K. He did run the 5K at BU, the John Thomas Terry Classic. Believe it, he finished third in his seat, but he admitted to himself afterwards. He's like, I'm proud of that effort. I'm more of a mile guy anyway. Like, I know that's my event. He was just going up in distance and trying to take a shot at it. Yeah. Um. So very curious to see where his leg speed is at this point and kind of where he's in that training block and see if he could perhaps chase down that 347.01 world record. I believe that's the world record. Yeah. I, I want to piggyback on Yard Goose. I just want to know how the turtle's doing when <laughs> I see him come through the mix zone. But, yeah, defending champion in this event, American record holder, I'm just, he's already threw it out there into the world that he is going for it. And yeah. when, 
I had a chance to kind of like listen to one of his post-race interviews that he's done earlier. And he said he went to Milrose for the first time last year and he was chasing after the American record of 347.38. And he said in an interview that he, he changed his mindset. And so he feels that this is really a possibility that this world record could fall. And once, you know, I saw where Hobbs Kessler is going to be in this race, I know Hobbs is going to be fight. Everyone's going to be fighting to the finish. Yeah. So that's why I asked him, I'm like, do you genuinely think a world record can fall. And I mean, shoot, you look at all the other look guys at the in the hitters in this race. I mean, you have Hobbs Kessler, Sam Prakel, you have Yard Nagus, Mario Garcia Romo, George Mills, which, you know, Hobbs mentioned that, I mean, he's, he's gone sub 13 in the 5K already, so he has some of that aerobic fitness. Um, you even have some of the, you know, the collegians trying to mix it up in here. You have with Liam Murphy from Villanova, Cooper Cheer as well. I mean, just the, the list goes on and on and on. Like, this could be a very quick race. It's going to sure. be quick. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Who are some of those other athletes that you're looking forward to also? This is another guy that I think is you know, <laughs> on that distance side. But in the men's two mile, you're going to have Josh Kerr. Obviously, yes. he has been really in that spotlight, I feel like, since he, you know, upset Jakob Ingebrigtsen in the 1500 meters at Worlds. And he's been, you know, I feel like he's one where he's not afraid to be vocally confident about where he is with his training and where he is with his racing fitness. And we, as we, it's been basically communicated to the media that this could be a world record attempt. Just, I'm all for the world records. I really am. If I see more world records this weekend, I'll be so happy. Okay, you <laughs> have been... I don't think you remember we talked about this one episode. Yeah, yeah. Every race, every meet that you've been to, a world record has fallen. Not every meet, but a lot of meets. 95% of them last also, year. Also, obviously, you we went to Prefontaine and two went down there. Yes. Mondo and the Gudoff's guy and the, the women's 5K. Yes. I saw the Kelvin Kiptum's world record. That, yes. was, that was pretty that was pretty sick. Yes. All right, what's next? That's what I'm like. I'm like ready for the next world record. <laughs> So Ashley's going to be at the meet, y'all. So just that, know hey, the good vibes the are coming. If I'm there, your world records world going records down. are going to fall. Yeah, I'm going to shift to the sprint side. Okay. And this is remember how I said I had a thought for you to remind me. I had to make a note that oh, this okay. is what this I want to talk it is? about. Okay. And someone actually, I don't know if you read the chat. Someone in the chat and I we're we're on it. I think it, <laughs> who who was it? Uh, all in the game. I think we're all on the same. I'm there with you. Okay, I mentioned, I feel like I have to shift. I feel, <laughs> remember how I, we, we were talking about Noah Lyles? Yeah. If there's one person right now who I think could potentially be like, Noah, one moment. You have not seen me run yet. It's Christian Coleman in this yeah. 60. Yeah. And I feel like if I'm Christian Coleman and I'm watching, I don't know if he's watching Noah Lyles or not. He's probably not. But if he's hearing through the news that, okay, Noah's start is still not on point, but he does have that closing end speed. Christian Coleman is the king of the dry phase and the block starts. Christian Coleman is not going to miss a beat. This man's about to get out. So I'm just curious on how fast Christian Coleman is going to perform at Milrose and he I think is going to set the tone and it's going to be like hey what's up like congratulations <laughs> great racing I mean you're not wrong you're not wrong at all the dry phase is going to go out 30 40 meters he has to hold up Christian Coleman we know can run 100 oh yeah so and honestly if you look at how he runs his hundreds he always does better in the first part of the race like you said because he can freaking get out of the blocks it's catch me if you can yeah so like i feel like the 60 meter I, could really suit him here and i am I'm, I'm looking at the start list right now like who he's going to be competing against akeem blake who just you know barely took second to Noah lyles this weekend um you're gonna have hakeem sonny brown who's always been very good representing japan andre de shakir williams i mean andre de yeah uh-huh however Ooh, i did see andre de run a 60 i can't remember which world indoor tour meet it was wasn't great but he is kind of more of a 200 runner i feel like anyways in my mind he's a dark horse for me and i yeah. know that probably sounds so bad <laughs> i know over the last several years it's just kind of been a little bit inconsistent and then he just like popped off like again last year yeah i don't know how i feel about him in a 60 because he's like Noah. Yeah. Well, I feel like Noah changed the whole conversation last year, but Noah is definitely strong in that 200. Mm -hmm. I feel like yeah. Andre DeGrasse is right there. Agreed. When it comes to strength. Mm -hmm. 
Mm, the 60 is going to be interesting. Yeah. The I mean, it's going to be interesting. I will say I do expect Coleman here to win this race. Oh, Coleman? Like, for sure. For me, I'm looking at the time. I know yeah, I, yeah. Christian Coleman, I know is going to get out there. But I'm just. What's the time? I'm thinking, how fast is he going yeah. to go? Yeah. So, so I'm excited exciting. for the 60. Yes, for All right. sure. Are there any other athletes um, that you're excited for? I believe I also wrote down Alicia Munson, which we're, yes. we're going to see running. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. She's going to be in the two mile, I believe. I hope I wrote that down right. Yes, the the women's two mile. Um, I know she's done some pacing work already this season and for some of the meets at BU. Um, but I'm really excited to see her actually go out there and race a two mile. You're also going to have Nikki Hiltz in that race, Emily yeah. Infield, Courtney Wayman, who we just saw had a big, big, big 5K performance at the Terrier Classic. You're also going to have Laura Muir um, from, from Great Britain, who's been a stud you know, at that 1500 meter distance on the international level for such a long time. Yes. So essentially this whole means just going to be on fire, even at the high school level. Uh, true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our guy, Jonathan Sims, Quincy Wilson in that 600. You know, I'm real excited for that one. Deja Hodge is going to be in the 300. I saw, and it's maybe the in the 60, 60? as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Overall, it's going to be such a You're great You're also going to have Elisa Samuels, who, as one yeah, of the she's only, gonna be in that pro field. I believe the only high schooler I saw listed that's going to be in a pro field should be in that women's 60-meter hurdles, which will be really exciting for her to get that experience um, running against pros. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be extraordinary on both levels, which is going to be great. All right, before we wrap up our show, we're going to talk about our favorite matchups. So these are the races or the events that we're just so excited to see because it's just so much of a heavy hitter. I know... The two mile is something that you're definitely looking forward to. I think for me, in the 300 meters, I talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Aletha Diggs, mm -hmm. the 2002 U.S. and NCAA champion in the 400 meters, faces Rashid Adeleke, the six-time Irish national record holder and fourth-place finisher in Budapest in the 400 meters. So we have two quarter milers about to go at it. In this 300. I, I'm glad you brought that one up because that's going to be real spicy. We've already seen Rashida run really, really well. Yes. In uh, New Mexico. New Mexico correct. Yes. I mean, shoot. She's a 400 runner and she went like 7-1. Speed in the is 60, there. Which I'm like, dang, if she's running 7-1 that 60, like getting out of that blocks and like hitting some of that top end speed. And then, you know, if you, she can put together all the endurance pieces that I'm sure she already has being a 400 meter specialist, like she's going to be on it this year. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited for that. And then Talitha Diggs, like it's Talitha Diggs. We're big fans of Talitha Diggs. Huge fans of Talitha. She's great at the NCAA level. And she has that, you know, experience competing for team USA. And I'm really excited to see what she does here. Yeah. So those are, I feel like the top two names going into it, but also in that Milrose 300 meter field is going to be Candice McLeod, the Olympic bronze medalist. And she ran on the four by four and then Leah Anderson who finished third at Milrose last year. So that kind of rounds out your 300 meter field. You yes. Want me to put a matchup in there. I know we're going over matchups. Yeah. What do you have a matchup? Yes, I do. What's your matchup? All right. My matchup that I'm really excited to now is looking at the women's Wanamaker mile. I know we talked about the men's. Yes. But the women's you're going to have El St. Pierre. Yes. Danny Jones, Jessica Hull, Josette Andrews. I mean, just so many names. You're also going to have uh, Maya Romsden, who is, you know, with Harvard. She's going to be running in this as well. She won. Um, the 1500 meters, I believe at NCAA outdoors last year. So I'm that team excited. Anna Camp Bennett right as well. Mm -hmm. Team ESP at the moment. So, yeah. so that'll be spicy, spicy. Mm -hmm. Also, what I think is quite interesting too, is the men's pole vault competition. This is the first time yes. that this event has taken place at Milrose since 2014. I like this so edition. A decade. Mm -hmm. I am all for it. Yes. And part of it. Part of the field is going to be Casey uh, Littlefoot and Chris Nielsen, who we're also huge fans of. And Yeah, Casey um, Lightfoot and Chris Nielsen. It's going to be an interesting matchup there for sure. I mean, they're two of the top guys in that space. Did I say Littlefield? Yeah, I think you said Littlefield. Wow, I, I, I definitely read Light, <laughs> Lightfoot. Wow, <laughs> that's how you know where my brain is. Littlefield. <laughs> There's a Kaylee Littlefield in, in high school that we yeah. talk about often. Wow, and I realized after you said Lightfoot, <laughs> that like, I was wait like, wait, did I say Lightfoot or <laughs> Littlefield? Goodness gracious. Casey Lightfoot. Thank you, Ashley. You're welcome. Chris Nielsen. Looking forward to the pole vault matchup. Yes. It's going to be exciting. Lots of great matchups. Goodness gracious. Individuals. So this is going to be a sizzling meet across the board. That is for sure. Ashley, 
off the top of your head, if you can think of any, are there any? There's a lot to watch this weekend. Let's I know what you're about Ashley. to ask me. <laughs> We'll break us down on the top events to watch on the calendar yes. this weekend, this Low upcoming track, weekend. Flow track, we have a crap ton of huge events to watch <laughs> this weekend. Let's just go through the list. I have it pulled up right now. You're going to want to tune in for the David Henry Valentine Invitational in BU. Yes. That's going to be stacked. Yes. Really excited for that. We also have the Don Kirby Elite Invitational in Albuquerque. We're also going to have people on the ground there getting content. So really excited for that one. Um, you're also going to have some meets in Florida, I believe, and some various high school state championships. And then we still have the World Indoor Tour going. Yes. Um, which has been really cool to see those events and being having those events live on flow track. So, um, you know, get to see a bunch of those international athletes competing on the World Indoor Tour. So <sighs> there's just so much going on. It's a, it's a sigh. <laughs> it was just like, oh, we got, I think we got it all out there. It's just an yeah. eventful, I feel like after once january came it's just like full throttle yeah all the way to the yeah. to the end and it's just gonna be non-stop until the olympics and then settles down it's for a, a little year. bit it's so a very big year it's a huge year mm -hmm. and i'm embracing every moment of it i'm glad you're doing that <laughs> i'm so happy about it yes. too yes which is awesome well everyone thank you so much for joining us live as always on youtube here on wednesday mornings at 11 a.m central time please like subscribe share this with your friends your family because ashley and i we just love talking about track it's our life yeah. sleep breathe eat i have one thing to things. put out there that yes. I, forgot, I forgot to mention i obviously we mentioned the live streams but I know it's been kind of, you know, it's no, now we're bringing out back workout Wednesdays. We have a new yes, workout Wednesday to yes. watch today. Go watch. We were able to hang out with Julian Alfred, Dina Asher Smith at, um, at a, at a practice that they did doing some one fifties and wickets at university of Texas. So check that out on YouTube or the site. Yes. It's pretty spicy. And I know we were talking about them already. So yes. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, no, but I appreciate it out there. The plug yes. for mm -hmm. workout Wednesdays. Cause we are bringing them back more are to come we're super super stoked for them as well so thank you guys so much for joining us enjoy the rest of your week if you're also in new york city flag ashley and i down yes. say hello because yes. we want to say hi enjoy the rest of your week y'all